that's uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, uh, lovely evening to you, Dennis. And to you, my good friend Eric. So I have some follow-up on last time where we discussed this show called Deadwood. Wow. Uh, which it turns out is not about your genitalia. Um, but I don't recall it being reported that way. <laughs> but, but ever in your but, ever in your perverted opening monologue where you say things that are outrageous, this passes the test. Go on. But I, I, as I related to you in an email, uh, oh, I, I, that means it's documented. There is, yes, not, not about your, anyway, uh, that the, um, that I enjoyed the movie. I watched the movie after you said that you had watched it and, and I, I looked into it and it was, it was good. And I don't, I am not a big fan of Westerns in general. Uh, but this had some really good character development and I started to care about what happened to the characters and it was generally good. And also I really liked the bizarre language effect that you described. That's that, what, yeah, that's what we had discussed, uh, yeah. virtually, uh, and you had recommended, uh, a professor linguist, um, who would know about such things. And do you recall then, since it was a pointed, uh, image, mm-hmm. Uh, the wonderful uh, uh, woman who ran the bank gets off the train. And yes. She's back for the first time. She's going to mm-hmm. get picked up by Otter at the station. And as she takes Otter's arm she, and he offers her a ride and she says, we would be much obliged, sir, but only only paling in the, in, the, in the grace of your good company. Yes. And she says it in such a way. That it just rolls off her tongue. Mm-hmm. So you recall that because I had I recall that. It. You mentioned it. Seared into your brain. You mentioned it. And I have included that in the – I have included the audio of that in the previous episode. So oh, yes. our you listeners jumped. will be rolling their eyes now about, yes, we, we heard all that. Oh, uh, but our, our listener. Our, down to one. I'm sorry. Our listener. Our, 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 our Uruguayan listener. No. Uh, no. That, we're, that's changed. We're now 561. I was wondering the. Um, I haven't watched the TV show Deadwood, although I've heard good things about it, as I mentioned. Uh, you but have. Well, I have not. Because the point you made about characterization, if you can imagine in my shoes where I not only watched every episode, but I watched them back to back in a binge of three days when I was doing a serious PT right. three and five times a day. And so the characterization issue, this was a culmination of everything that had happened with a decade gap where of course they really didn't show or talk or image anything about, about that 10 years about the fact that time had passed it was either current or it was 10 years ago yeah but my, you only knew that they aged yeah my my question was uh did they do the strange language talking back in the tv show too every minute okay good well, in that case, I'm tempted to uh, to go back and uh, check that out. Well, and um, it is a particularly um, series of episodes that build a plot 
very methodically. And so it's something you can't start in the middle, for example. Right. And it's also something that in order for the movie to make the most possible sense, you need to see it all the way through. It is so riveting. Every episode, beginning with the opening and the credits and the most wonderful theme song that I, I in, that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them I love. Right. Particularly HBO series. But this one is, man, I hear it and I know I'm in for a good time in, uh, in South Dakota. That is why we have we have theme songs. Yeah. Which is what I hope that our that our listener experiences when they hear our opening tune is they're like, oh, we're in for a good time oh. now. Oh. <laughs> so. Uh, I've listened to it once or twice. So how's your week been? Do you do, do anything interesting? Go anywhere? <laughs> do anything? I can't remember. I really can't remember. I, uh, I don't know. It's uh, been a busy week. And, you know, just more of the house. I thought about something, though, that given the what's happened around here is a couple things to tell you. One is that, you know, we've described in great detail with video proof evidence of insects throughout the house. Indeed, yes. And we've joked about using that factor in many households in the United States to make some money. And then we would sell them an anteater mm-hmm. and then we'd have to get rid of the anteater, et cetera. Well, so real life story is that the other day I was sitting in my office and a fucking bat that was about the size of a goddamn eagle who obviously had been feasting on the ants came screaming over my head yes. and landed on my pocket door and in this amazing Dracula-like disappearing thing went from huge to really tiny and crawled in the crack of the pocket door and I went, oh, oh shit. no, oh no, so- oh no. So you've got bats. Ah, bats. A bat. But I haven't seen, I saw the critter later swarming in the uh, living room this time, not in the dining room where I am now, but because I hate bats, even though they're eating the ants, which continue to die mm-hmm. on my porch steps, a rate of 40 to 50 a day, a crawling one. out of my walls, seeking water in my basement, sometimes making it one, two, even three steps down, a few hardy few getting all the way to the basement in one out of 50 underneath the uh, air purifier unit where moisture tends to gather mm-hmm. and they might gulp the last dying breath of water. Mm-hmm. I sweep them up with glee and I thank God for the bat because maybe the bat is here to take care of the ants. Either that, so, or, or it's or it's a vampire that's going to suck your blood when you sleep, or get tangled up in my hair, which I wear a cap now all the time in the house because my childhood was full of stories of them ne- trying to nest in your hair. Uh huh. So you duck, you cover your hair when they're in the room. I'm like a schoolgirl screaming out of the house. Ah, ah, is it the hell? God, oh God, there's a bat. I can't manage it. I know I work up the muster and then we'll capture them and have. And I fight through the fear like some gladiator, like Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. for example. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you conquer your fear and the bat. I conquer I conquer my fear. So, so far, you only have the one bat that you know of. That's and living, that bat may have gone That's living out. In, inside your walls. Well, it could be or it could have 
crawl back out the fireplace. But unless you see the bat, which I assume is free to go where he or she wants, mm -hmm. because there's no way to stop the exit and entrance from a pocket door. Right. You'd have to stuff it up on both ends, which might guarantee the bat would die in there. And then what? Right. You got a stinking fucking dying bat mm -hmm. until its bones turn to dust. Right. And then the next people, you know, 30 years from now, will find like we did when we went into those areas, dead, weathered fucking bats. Mm. Like like uh, Egyptian mummified, dried out, bone, dried skin, little animals. Mum mummy so, bats. At least that, which we need to that figure could be a Hollywood out the market. Film. That's a Hollywood they film. They come in a Ziploc bag, air sucked out of it, one of those vacuum things, and it's a mummified rodent of any kind, as I described. Those could be a hot commodity, but there's a crowd that would like that, particularly witches, warlocks. They need that shit for their... For their for their stews, for their uh, brews. Yeah, serums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, huh. You know, so like the eye and new kind of thing. Right. Um, so that's one thing. But so i tell you a story. And I thought about this when it happened today, and I was thinking about I wanted to tell you about it and how I would tell you about it. And I started out thinking that I would tell it to you like it was a story from a storybook. Uh -huh. And then it got real dark. Once upon a time. I wasn't sure wasn't sure that I should, but I'll give it a shot. I'll do a short version. So once upon a time, there's a little chipmunk named Eric. And little Eric... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little Eric lived in a little uh, area of Kalam Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh -huh. where he could frolic and run free in the neighborhood. Yes. And one day he discovered in someone's yard that had moved in a bright yellow tent. <gasps> and when he entered the tent, he scurried about. He couldn't believe all the stuff that was in the tent. And one, one time, about a week after he found the tent, he scampered up and he found a treasure, a great big bag of a bird seat and he nibbled nice. all around the edges in a uniform pattern and it spilled all over and he feasted and he glutted and at some point he jumped from the shelf onto a table didn't quite make it and fell into what was in fact oh no a bucket of painting remover no and water colored burgundy and blue and there eric lies today bloated Floating, purple, and blue. Is is it too dark? Is, I this is a bit like this is a bit like two episodes ago where we talked about how uh, the the ants that you were killing, uh, you swept them up and you and you dumped them out and they found these cupcakes where they could you know have their oh, last right. their la their last I good splurge. Well, uh, this is, but this is this is, this is similar. Is, it's a uh, it's a well, it's the antithesis. So this was not a happy end. No, this, no, like the. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a coughing and choking on the, on the equivalent of paint remover. Uh, uh, not, not a good way to pass. No, what I'm saying is it's, it's a, it's a last final day binge. Of, yes. It's, it's, it's a, of, it's, of, a, of gluttony. it's a story. It's a story of an ending. Yes. A non-human ending. Well, may, may Eric so rest in peace. Because, well, and. Or may he float it, in it, peace. It, it, I don't know. His friends call him Eriki mm -hmm. because he was a Spaniard. Okay. It's the Spanish chipmunk. So, 
Good story. Good story. Just, that was a. Just say we, could, we could say chipmunk in Spanish. I don't know. We don't have chipmunks here. Let me Let's say mouse. Raton. 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 During my Rodriguez, <laughs> I adopted a raton as a pet because my wife was not with me <laughs> during my Rodriguez. So when we went to uh, to Disneyland Paris, one of the rides that we really enjoyed was the Ratatouille ride. Are you familiar with the Disney slash Pixar movie Ratatouille? I am indeed, and I love the character. And so what it was was a a thing where you're sitting in this little this little cart, and it pushes you, and and you have 3D glasses on, so you can see the screens and stuff in 3D. And you, they bring you up to a place where you're right in front of a big, a big screen, and it's this 3D film. And they do all of this stuff where, like in the movie, you're scurrying around underfoot in a, in a busy kitchen, and you're 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 running around, and it's it's very visually, uh, it's very visually stimulating, and. But you're running around, and then and then they do this they do this thing where in in the video you're you're turning or whatever, and then they turn your cart and they bring you around to another screen, and they do, they do this other thing. But they had these little effects like where uh, some chef was opening a champagne bottle and it sort of sprayed out, and they sprayed yeah, water, yeah. they sprayed water on your face or whatever. And you got wet, right? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but it was uh, it was for me it was borderline uh, motion sickness. But, oh, but, wow. but I'm a weakling in that, in that area, but they, uh, my, my kids really loved it. And it was one of the only, one of maybe two things that we went back and did a second time. Yeah. yeah. And, but the second time, like they, their water sprayer was out of water and it was, it was worse. Uh, uh but. Anaclimatic. What were the wait times like? It's like, well, but this, the second, the first day it was, it was like an hour and a half of just standing in line doing nothing. And then this, the second day, as I may have discussed, we we got one of these fast pass things where we were able to go quickly. But again, it, it was it was a worse experience, so wasn't really worth it. But anyway, yeah, right, right, right. but it was but it was cool. Was it was it was very like it felt like you were a little rat running around, uh huh, like little chipmunk Eric. So how is that different from the way you feel every morning when you wake up? Well, I don't scurry under so many things when I wake up. I've heard you do. Well, I mean, I scurry under some things, but uh, there's not like a busy kitchen scene going on with French chefs. Well, no. But I I mean, who doesn't scurry under something in the morning? (laughs) You know, it's just really the heart of your your major problem. (laughs) You think you belong and you don't. You think that somehow you're in the range of normalcy and you're not. You think that the, 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 the protruding ankle from your forehead is common. It's not. No, okay. You, you, you are suffering from so many delusions that I realize this is your only therapy and you've opened the world to it. Right. And that's we've only attracted at most in Uruguay two people. And then one guy driving back and forth from Kansas City and Cleveland, Ohio, as far as I know. But it but that's not that's not what matters. What matters is for you. Right. This is working. Because it gives you Well, is it though? Almost 
almost the air of normalcy. I well, <laughs> I can't answer that. I I don't know. I mean, what is I that? don't see any noticeable change in you. I I think you might be worse than you were when we started. But I'm not the, I'm not the judge. I'm not here to judge. I'm and, just here to facilitate. That's what I do. I mean, what does the air of what does the air of normalcy even smell like? I, I don't know. It smells for you putrid. For others, it smells good. Yeah. But see, that's the problem because you don't know. Right. You're you're lost, and you're permanently lost. You don't know it yet. But I'm here to encourage your growth journey. Journey, yes. Growth, not the growth on your forehead, which is no. beginning to look in, protruding into the calf area. Now, a, a bit of a proboscis-like growth that, thank God, our listeners can't see. Proboscis. Would come out of your mouth, but in your case, it looks like a leg, and it's coming out of your forehead. Proboscis. So, don't. What the hell does proboscis mean? Well, throw an image of it on the screen and put it in your show notes. I mean, how do you even spell it's proboscis? P-R-O-B-I-S-C-U-S. C-I-S. Proboscis. Ah. <laughs> proboscis is an elongated appendage from the head of an animal, either vertebrate or invertebrate. There we go. Uh, Even which, better. In terms, the term usually refers to the tubular mouth parts used, used for feeding oh. and sucking, which, I mean, I do... I, I do feed out of the tube from my forehead, but that's that's normal, right? Well, tubular. In your view, that's the your view. That's normal. That's the problem. You understand a range of normalcy that's not true. You're not. You uh, in, you invertebrates don't need any. Invertebrates, a, pro, a proboscis is an elongated nose or snout. So in this case coming out of your forehead. Right. So you have you have you have a. You have a proboscis coming out of your forehead. You have a nose, elongated, sharp, pointy, and you also have a mouth, which seems to be, uh, I don't know, deteriorating over time. It seems you've lost most of your teeth since I've seen you. Well, it since, is. It is. Since, since I've seen you last, and your lips appear to be so chapped that one might think you're actually Angela Jolie, but no. <laughs> Hits you. The cheekbones give you away. Did you see that bitch's cheekbones in Maleficent? Uh, Maleficent? No, no, no. Uh, Say it again. Maleficent? No. <laughs> Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. Evil. Yes. Yes. Uh, Check out her cheekbones. I have not. She got no chap lips going on there, but you can go to like uh, her earlier uh, pics and see that her her lips are chapped. It's like get some blissex, woman. Good Lord, you make all this money doing all this shit. Throw some Vaseline on there. She She's always had some very um, prominent cheekbones. A caricature her is, in fact, a set of lips, a set of cheekbones, and a forehead. And that's it. Right. Everything else. Everything else fades to the background, you know. And then Brad Pitt lurking in the background <laughs> with an expression of like, whoa, what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? He's got a new flick coming out where he plays a fucking spaceman. Kind of a spate of space movies lately. Really? With uh, Donald Sutherland. Uh, and, oh, God, you should just ring it up here and tell me who's in it. 
but I saw the, not the trailer, but the poster. And I already know I'm going to go see it. I can't. It's going to be good. I mean, the cast is great. Did you see it? Did I see what? Uh, you know? There's a... That's not it. Brad Pitt space movie. Dot com. I, I, looked for, I looked for Donald Sutherland. Uh, Ad Astra. There it is. Yes. Yes. Who else is in it besides the two of them? An astronaut travels to the outer edges of the solar system to find his father and unravel a mystery that threatens the survival of our planet. He uncovers secrets which challenge the nature of human existence and our place in the cosmos. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, oh, wow. So, also uh, famous uh, people are Liv Tyler and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, there we go. Tommy Lee. That's the name I was looking for because Brad Pitt was number two in my mind of why I wanted to see the movie. Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee doesn't ever do anything that isn't good. He doesn't ever do anything that he's not good in. Yeah. And his face, the more it gets weathered, it reminds me of the ruined upholstery on my old 1974 Mercedes. It is so cracked and weathered as if to be, you got to replace that shit, dude, but no. Tommy Lee Jones, uh-uh, uh-uh. He earned those wrinkles. He earned them. He loves them, every one of them. That's that's the thing with Probably the double caresses with, with caresses his face at night in bed. I don't know. And with with with, with Hollywood, you've got that double standard where men get paid at least as, as much or more if they look all grizzled, uh, but women don't. They just don't get uh, cast right. and stuff. The juxtaposition of Brad Pitt, right? The beautiful man and Tommy Lee Jones, the the wrinkled man, and there you go. That's another uh, great kind of juxtaposition that I think is is, is going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, and, and Brad Pitt is slowly turning into Robert Redford. Like, if you, That's if you, an interesting point. If you look uh, at, and, and they did one movie together, but if you look at, uh, if, if you look at Brad Pitt now and you look at Robert Redford, you know, 20 years ago, they're the same dude. Uh, well, Robert Redford cast Brad Pitt in the character that he would have played in his youth when he directed A River Runs Through It. He directed and that it or it was nice. He directed it. Oh, and was produced it. And I, I it's love his movie. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his film. I've seen it a dozen times. A yes. dozen times. Good, good, good story. Um, but uh, uh, I, I watched. Uh, by the way, I don't know how recently. You know, when I'm channel surfing, I surf into the movie channels, and mm-hmm. if I see a movie I love, I'll watch it for a little while. And uh, surfed into Benjamin Button, as we and, have discussed uh, on this podcast previously. As we yes. have. Yep. And. It is nothing short of an example of a remarkably perfect cinema experience. It, 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 yeah. Nothing's flawless. I don't want to, right. you know, gush and get all misty-eyed and shit. But uh, it's hard for me to find any fault in it anywhere. And his performance is—it's just remarkable. He had to have been nominated for an Academy Award for that. No, you can Google that and see, but. Yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the, the special effects in that have, have not aged all that well, in my opinion. Nope. Uh, well, uh, the, the, because well, they, had yeah. to, they had to, you know, as a, as a baby or, or, or as a super old man, he was entirely in the computer, I think. Um, but that's, it, it was an interesting movie for sure. 
Well, and that point could be made about every animation made as recently as a year ago that it's going to be dated. And, uh, you know, the, the improvements are, are too rapid to that's basically true. keep that's, up with. But, but, that's, that's, but, but some, some age better than others. Yeah. A distant cousin of Avatar, for example, which in my view is age well. Right, exactly. Uh, with the animation. I mean, it's because it, 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 it transforms you. It transforms. It goes all the way. It doesn't. Well, know, and the, the, that's, that's the problem is that, uh, are you familiar with the term Uncanny Valley? There's this. Uh, candy? Uncanny un, Valley? Uncanny Valley. That's a woman you met in where? Las Pelosas? Yes. She, what what a what a night that was with Uncanny Valley. Any woman named Uncandy, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't co or a woman Un- named Candy for that. Yeah. Un- uncanny. There, there's this term called Uncanny Valley that uh, describes that as soon as you get close to a puppet or a computer animated thing looking human, it's or a, or a robot. Uh, this is a, certainly a thing with, with in robotics. The closer you get to making it exactly humanoid, the creepier it gets because our uh-huh. we we very That's much called what? the uncanny valley. Uncanny. Uh, why is it V A L L E Y? Yes, because because it's everything's fine, but then you drop off into this like it looks everything looks fine, and then you yeah. drop off into this valley where suddenly things look super creepy. And the best robotics that we have right now are very are still stuck in that in that valley of being really creepy. When you look at, you know, what whatever the best, um, you know, the Japanese are the best at, at at this at the moment, and they create these robot heads that look and talk and and look pretty doggone human, but our sense of what a human because we have this such a strong sense of what a human face should do and look like that whenever you see one of those it looks really really creepy whereas if you look at you know woody from toy story you're cool with that because it's clearly not attempting to be human yeah but but, that's right. but that's when right. you when you that's get right. something like in benjamin button where they are trying to fool you into thinking that you're looking at oh, an actual that's I don't not, like that. Not, not fool exactly, but they're that's, trying to make it look like sounds, it's a person, rather than make it look like it's well, a cartoon fox or whatever. Right, right, right. So, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> did, speaking of fox, did you see Mr. Fox with uh, George Clooney in the lead role? Oh, you love this director. He usually, he's got Bill Murray in each of them. He's, Bill Murray's probably in this one as well. Uh, the Incredible Mr. Fox. And um, there's a scene that I want you to put in the show notes where Mr. Fox, who's talking and obviously George Clooney's voice at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. and he's explaining something that's very kind of erudite and and meaningful about what needs to happen. And and then food is served, and they go into this ravenous, gluttonous, chaotic feeding frenzy. frenzy, Mm -hmm. And then it's over with. And it is fucking hilarious. And they do it throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and you're just waiting for the next one because it's so funny. Honey, I'm seven non-Fox years old now. My father died at seven and a half. I don't want to live in a hole anymore, and I'm going to do something about it. Well, I'm off. Have a good day, my darling. But uh, I try to model myself after that behavior. 
Yes, I've seen you eat. It's it's pretty disgusting. Uh, the movie is called Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it, the, the director is Wes Anderson, who Wes. Who, who, who who does some amazing uh, all all the people like that aquatic. I all the people that I that I respect about their opinions about movies say that Wes Anderson is just one of the, one of the best. He's, he's incredible. Uh, Life Aquatic with uh, Bill Murray and... Yeah, he does a bunch of Bill Murray. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, many, 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 many of them. Mm-hmm. Many. Did I say, should I say, many. And Wes Anderson does this thing. There are these videos online that I will for sure link to in the show notes of showing how he does this thing where he splits the screen exactly in half yeah, and he shows the character perfectly centered or a hallway perfectly centered. And there's the, there's all this really mathematical uh, perfectionism to his framing, which reminds me, Have you, are you familiar with the, I think it's on Netflix, at least now it is. There's a show called Mind Hunter. Have you heard of this? No, no. It is, no. it is set in the seventies and it's, it's, it's about the FBI agents that first developed the concepts of a serial killer. They noticed that, I mean, for sure people, there have been serial killers for a long time, but they discovered this way of tracking and losing behavior and psychology and stuff to look at serial killers and to, to try and catch them based on their behavior. When? It was, it's like in the 70s sometime. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know how true story it is, but uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia article and you guys can do your own research. But it's... Uh, the show notes The show notes for what? The show notes for, for, where? for happyhour.fm slash 022. Because zero two two. Because Dennis is wearing a tutu for this whole episode. Been, you guys can't see it, but we've been doing we've been doing this for twenty two years. It's hard to believe. I can't remember any of it. It feels like that. Anyway, yes. they uh, anyway they they they, <laughs> they they just released the second season, and you know how Netflix uh, releases a whole season just in one big fat dump, um, and, so to speak. So That's to an speak. image I don't need. What? But anyway, the the uh, the show is is directed by a guy called David Fincher, who oh, yeah. who has done things like uh, Fight Club and yes. a, just a whole remarkable bunch of remarkable film and remarkable. There's there's Speaking this of Brad Pitt. There, exactly. There's this video on YouTube that will be in the show notes at happyhour.fm slash zero two two that will that that I really love that really demonstrates this technique that David Fincher uses to uh, where he he moves the camera as the actor moves. I will send this to you and you'll be amazed. But it does it does this thing where it connects you as a viewer to the actor in a way that if the camera wasn't if the camera was just steady and the actor was walking around the room or whatever, you wouldn't notice. But what it does is anytime an act, anytime the character stands up, the video camera, you know, comes up a little bit to follow them. And when they move a little bit this, a little bit this way, the camera moves. And when they stop, they hesitate for a minute, the camera stops and then they keep going or whatever. And it's just this really, really clever technique that, uh, that I had never noticed. But once you, once you see this, once you see this video, you'll, you'll notice it forever. 
and it's just and it's a clip of what of, of, uh, of the film it's a clip of of like 10 of his films where where the where the, the the voiceover is is describing look how uh, this, uh, look how this, right. look how in this scene where the actress is moving this way and then we stop and then and then we move back uh, it's it's really quite impressive and so anyway I I really enjoyed the first season of Mind Hunter because I sort of like uh, I don't know if you've seen um, Criminal Minds is a is a TV show. Where they do uh, they, they do pro- profiling like a prime time. Uh, it's I don't yeah, know, yeah, I don't know what yeah, season is, I don't know what uh, what TV show it's on what uh, TV station it's on. But they do um, it's yeah. sort of this profiling of criminals yeah. and I'm familiar with it. There's right. this ragtag group of different people with different skills and they solve these things. But it's all about it's more about psychology more than about evidence and actual uh, you know sleuthing. But anyway, this this mind hunter is sort of like referencing the precursor to all of that that like now there's a huge department in in every uh in every metropolitan police department there's a psychology department that is studying the behavior of of criminals and right stuff. right uh and, right. and and for sure there's a huge team at the fbi but this was like the the very very sort of discovery that this is a thing that we should study and anyway it's cool about that great man yeah man it's, yeah, man. it's like hunting hey, your mind, I, man. I was playing the other night. I had a gig, and after the gig, which was supposed to be a trio with a drummer, the piano player, I've talked about Tom, then Levy in Kalamazoo, and uh, the drummer didn't show up. It was a misunderstanding. It was just a duo again, but we played and played, had a great time, and there were some tunes he told me in advance, you know, be ready to sing these. So I printed them, including um, You Never Can Tell from the uh, movie, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, and the dance scene, which was ironically uh, included on the very recent episode of The Simpsons, where uh, Bart and, and Marjorie, is that his wife's name? <laughs> she, Marge. They were dancing. Marge, they were dancing. <laughs> It's like the John Travolta and Uma Thurman characters, <laughs> but they were swinging each other wildly around the room by the hair and by all things. What was the funniest about it, as usual with The Simpsons, is how long it lasts. It's funny, so it did up for a while, and I had to laugh about it, but I've learned that too. And, um, and it was fun. But after the gig, here's my point. After the gig, he, he, he comes up to me and he, he's got $50 in his hand and he presses his 50 bucks in my hand. And I said, what's this? And we had gotten $25 in tips that I just gave him. I said, these are yours. And then I'm like, and I handed him the 25 bucks and he says, oh, what's this? I said, the tips. And he said, oh, I didn't know we had tips. And then he hands me this 50 bucks. And I said, what's this? He said, that's your share of what we got paid. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I didn't come here to get paid. I don't want to get paid. It's your money. You keep it. And he said, no, you don't understand. We're getting paid as a a duo this is your money and you earned it and it's not my money so so i took the 50 bucks i had so much fun spending that 50 dollars. are you kidding me <laughs> just for the record that's not our deal with this podcast all the money goes to me you don't get anything i thought it was i thought it was 70 30 me i signed something like that well you signed a roll of toilet paper that i i gave you one time who are you jack kerouac <laughs> you should show a link there with toilet paper for our listeners. Have you seen where Trump wanted to buy Greenland? 
and and Denmark. And Denmark was like, no. "What the fuck are you talking about?" No, he's not going to go there. So he said, "Well, fine. I'm not going to meet with your royal family." Right. right. You won't let me buy Greenland from you. My my. I want to meet with you. My my guess is that he thinks that Greenland is like green and plush and just a lovely place. <laughs> whereas, whereas actually, Greenland and Iceland had their names switched. They should oh, have that, been the other no, way around. No, no, no. Because that's the generals whispering in his ear, like the uh, you know the horse whispered Robert Redford speak of the devil. This is the Trump whispers, who could say to him, kind of come up to him after a meeting, and he's shuffling the papers that he doesn't understand and he can't read, mm-hmm. and they come up to him and they just whisper in his ear and they say, "Why don't you buy Greenland?" And the generals walk away. He doesn't even notice it until later. Right. And then the next day, another general would leave. Why don't you buy Greenland? And then he bounces it off Millennia. And what does she say? She says in her in her in her best, uh, you know, impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think we should do that. And it's just, oh, it just it's sir. it's so representative of his level of knowledge and tact and politics and hey hey, did you put the sweaty interview in the show notes from last episode i him sweating like a. I I watched some interviews i could not find a super sweaty one but uh there for sure and it was msnbc there are so many there are so many uh helicopter shouting uh interviews with him where he's like yeah, I think we should do this, and we, we're going to do it the best that it's ever been done, and uh, yeah, it's going to be better than anyone's ever done it. And then, you know, the, the the you know the recession, which is made up by yes, our friends in the media, a made up word, a made up word, right? Fake news, fake news. Our friends from fake news. He well, just is, and he's just such a demagogue. Have you seen the side by sides? Of pictures and images of Trump and Mussolini, this has got to be posted. You will be scared when you see the side-by-sides of this motherfucker and fucking Mussolini. It's chilling. Chilling. I think you just mentioned made me look at uh, the website called Raw Story. Are you familiar with that website? It's a very left-leaning no. site. Um, it's I don't like to go there because it's very uh, it's extreme. It's more extreme left than I like to consume. But I had this I had this Facebook friend once where uh, I where he just kept posting all of this stuff from Raw Story all the time and. And one time I, I wrote him and I said, hey, man, like there are other websites. Why are you posting all this stuff from Raw Story? And he said, uh, well, probably because I'm like the uh, executive editor of Raw Story, <laughs> which I didn't I didn't realize because <laughs> this was like a friend of a friend of a friend that I, that I had somehow accepted on Facebook. And he was like, yeah, I'm the primary, you know, I'm the editor of, of that website. And I was like, oh, well, OK, that explains it. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, such as such as the internet. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. 
Monthly donations to help us pay for hosting and editing can be provided at patreon.com slash happy hour. That's all one word, happy hour. All our episodes, including show notes for each episode, are available on our website, happyhour.fm. You can tweet at us at happyhour.fm. That's with a dot spelled out, happyhour.dotfm. Or we can receive email at the same name, happyhour.dotfm at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps other people find us. See you next week.